Welcome to Track Listing, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And this is Caleb. And this week we have a pick from Nick. I've got a pick for us, guys. I have the soundtrack to 1999's The Matrix. Hey! Yeah, Matrix. <laughs> All right, man. We've talked about uh, doing this soundtrack for a while. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, is, yeah. A, this is a classic. This was a uh, soundtrack that I owned. This was uh, one of the first uh, DVDs that I also owned. Nice. Um, I, I own this soundtrack as well. Uh, one of my coveted CDs in the jewel case for years and years. Yeah. I think somebody in my friend group had, I don't know if I owned it, but I remember I listened to it a ton. I think we, it's hard to remember, but I think we would like trade CDs for like a week. Yeah. Yeah. So, remember yeah. when you used to do that? Yeah, like I guess I used to do that. And I listened to this shit all the time. I uh, saw this movie in the theater. I actually saw it. I got to see it before it was spoiled for me. Oh, nice. So I really got to enjoy it. What did you think? Yeah, because I remember, I, I do remember the trailers were extremely obtuse. And like, you couldn't tell what was going on at all. You were just like, whoa, people are jumping out of helicopters, flying through windows. What is this movie? So I did rewatch the film. And uh, I was struck with how early they're kind of like... <laughs> Do you ever get the feeling the world you're in is in the real world? And I was like, oh, they're really kind of saying it. They, but, uh, they jump into it so they, quickly. They say, they really yeah. expel it out, but it's still shocking when you like see the real world. I guess that's the thing. That's a, how deep the I must, I must have been like, oh yeah, this isn't like the real world. But then once you saw like the real, real world, it was pretty. Anyways, let's get in the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> it's already going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> this is track one. This is Marilyn Manson with Rock is Dead. So this is uh, 99. I'm a, a senior in high school. I had a, a Marilyn Manson period. It was more kind of junior high, or maybe it was like freshman year, like the year that... Uh, Dope the, show? The, the, the Arrhythmics cover. It was like a bunch of covers. Oh, yeah. I was kind of into that. I think... Uh, I was by, in seventh grade. This was like just huge yeah. at yeah, the time. See, by the time of senior year, I was like a little bit over the Marilyn Manson thing. It's, yeah. it's very juvenile. <laughs> I would have been scared of you guys back then. <laughs> I was in sixth grade, just like, what? You know, hearing that Marilyn Manson removed his ribs to <laughs> suck his own dick. Oh, yeah, that was, that was the rumor. That was the thing that everyone would talk yeah. about. Do we know anything about that rumor? It's, yeah, it's not true. It's a rumor. Of course it's not true. Uh, he, he probably it was, started it, though. It was that. Pretty and amazing. I, I heard, like, geographically, some people are like, oh, I heard it was Prince that did that growing up. And other people like, I heard it was Marilyn. Anyway, <laughs> it's just what, you know. It's funny. So the name Marilyn Manson, it was obviously it's a an amalgamation of uh, Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh yeah, it has a good ring to it. And it's kind of like in the you know this gender bending like rock and roll thing. And it's like, <laughs> well, what you might not realize is that he, I think he forced his band members to do the same. All did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So there was uh, Twiggy Ramirez was the, kind of the bass player. It also turned That's out right. to be a terrible person. Right. Maybe they're all terrible. Yeah. But uh, this is my favorite thing. So this song is co-written by Marilyn Manson, Twiggy, and then their keyboardist. <laughs> I didn't put together a game or anything. So this, this is a real name. I should have given you a list. But, right. uh, 
Madonna Wayne Gacy. <laughs> oh, no. It's <laughs> getting more and more ham-fisted. Like, yeah, that'll cool. be good. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. I feel like, you know, if there was like a Nick Kroll sketch about a Marilyn Manson character, it would be called Madonna Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I-, I can't even think of who's another supermodel off the top of our heads. Yeah. Giselle. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Giselle Unabomber. <laughs> it's like, it's like Giselle Krasinski. This soundtrack is starting a little bit, little bit backwards. We've got. Yeah, uh, this. You would have heard this song if you stuck around the theater after the uh, first song in the credits oh, okay. plays. So yeah, and most of us did. We were just sitting there in awe. What is my life? Just <laughs> like mouth agape. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah. All right, Nikki, what do we got next? Let's do track two. This is Propeller Heads with Spy Break. stuff <laughs> yeah. this is a big break dj duo british i had this album i had their album that nice. this was off of they had <laughs> a couple like weird kind of yeah, call them hits there was a a weird kind of jazzy one i think with shirley basie that was used in a lot of trailers in the 90s and then there was another one that was a remix of the theme from uh, the bond film honor majesty's secret service and I was really into like Big Beat, kind of Chemical Brothers Prodigy. Yeah. And I was really into Goldeneye on Nintendo 64. Oh, so they just hit you at the right time. So yeah. It's basically like all the music from like the uh, Need for Speed <laughs> PlayStation games. This is, you know, very much the uh, like putting a crew together to do the heist. <laughs> like, yeah. I, mean, I guess it comes from this scene. You know, they're in the, the lobby shootout, Trinity and Neo, when they're just shooting everybody and they're uh, they're in love they've already uh, confessed their love <laughs> to each other yeah. <laughs> well, I read that, uh, so jada pinkett smith was in line for the trinity role I, I have heard everyone was in line for the trinity role and everyone was in line for the neo role yeah i mean there's a lot of like will smith i think was in line for neo and just yeah. wasn't interested but uh the funny <laughs> thing for me is that apparently jada pinkett smith was far enough along that they had like a chemistry test with her and keanu mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just the chemistry wasn't there. And it's like, there's no fucking chemistry in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie Ann Moss is the most robotic. I am very in love with you. It's like, I am in love with you as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's the uh, the kiss that brings him back to life. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think they were told to be stoic and that sort of stuff and like yeah, very yeah. stilted, but uh, you're very right. <laughs> Zero chemistry <laughs> anyway. In this scene, it struck me on rewatch. So there's, <laughs> there are like the fake people in the Matrix, the, the agents, but then there are also everybody else are real kill people. people. Real and, people, they kill a lot of real people. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. kind of, there, there's like one line where it's like, Hey, you know, if they're in the Matrix, they're not ready to be awakened, and you gotta like do what you gotta do. It's like, okay, yeah. And they roll in there. It's like there should have been a. Is there a way we can get in this building without killing a ton of innocent people? Oh, 
oh yeah maybe <laughs> like, maybe get a helicopter and go to the roof is because that's where you ended up in the first place i should also say that they pretty early on lay out that we're dealing with freddy krueger rules where it's like if you if you die in your sleep you die in real life yeah yeah <laughs> which is always the body and the mind have to uh it's the same with inception be in sync to stay yeah. alive well because there's no drama if you could be like no 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 no, <laughs> like take me out take me out, take me out. but it's yeah, yeah. Man. in every movie in inception it's like if you die in your dreams you die in it's like I don't think so. I don't think so. They're like, that's the law. You know it. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, I mean, like like you said, we do get the rules of the universe pretty quickly. Yeah. First 20 minutes. Yeah. Propeller Heads, I was introduced to on uh, a lot of the bands you just named are on this CD called Digital Empire that came oh. out in like 98. And they had a song called Take California on that one, which I, I like very, that song. Very, very familiar. Is that on the same uh, I th- album? Yeah, I believe so. And yeah, that introduced me to like Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, and then they all showed back up uh, in the Matrix a year later, and I was like, this is what music is about! (laughs) Yeah, man, I was really into this. Let's get into track three. We've got Ministry with Bad Blood. well into industrial at this point we've talked about ministry before mm-hmm. and uh, i have to apologize i always bring up the exact same funny story about ministry which is uh go on uh their first single i think it was called cold life and they were very much more of a new wave band mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> al jorgensen's doing like a british like new wave and he's like doing a british you know they're from chicago <laughs> yeah. yeah and then they like pretty pretty quickly turn into like this midwestern industrial group this is not a song that made it into the movie but you could imagine that this would be playing in uh, in zion yeah <laughs> one and, of those zion parties yeah so i forgot you don't see zion in this one no. that's right i uh so my I, me- yeah my memory you know, was that at some point you see the crazy you know rave world that is zion no, no i think that's so the the sequels i have not rewatched. i think i've maybe only probably only seen them once that's fine yeah and they're so they're tough like every once in a while somebody will start talking to me about them we're like oh remember how there's like werewolf people and i'm like what and i don't yeah. remember any of it and there's all this crazy shit and wait it, werewolf people yeah there's like weird kind of vampire people and kind of werewolf people chris's eyes just what? crossed i'm telling In you the there's second something... one or the third one probably the third one I think i've seen the third You've one got, more, like the two guys that have like the crazy the white dreads, the white dreads. oh no, yeah but they're not werewolves. they people. have like fangs it's like a whole weird th- i think in the original script they were like actual werewolves and vampires it's a little and comic booky it was like uh they were like rogue programs or something yeah uh, ghosts but ghosts anyways i my memory of those is so dim except for the one thing that really got etched into my brain is when you finally see zion which you've been yeah imagining for years and then yeah. it's like a fucking gross bushwick rave <laughs> this this track bad blood by ministry is off of their album dark side of the spoon mm. dude all, almost all their album titles oh, are dude. puns God, they're like yeah. industrial puns Oh, I guess that's like a heroin thing. Yeah. yeah. Like the cooked underside of like a spoon, I guess. 
that's kind of cool yeah, i'm not a ministry guy like i said i actually i'm a big fan even though uh i think even al jorgensen has like disavowed his new wave stuff mm. i really like the early stuff and also they had a song called every day is halloween that's really good it's like fucking eight minutes long or something they've also got an album it's like a trio it's it's called the bush trilogy it's uh just a bunch of music that's a critique of george w bush mm. so check that out that in your free time God, what a simple time. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when like Hail to the Thief came out and we were like, oh, whoa, <laughs> Radiohead's taking a shot. American idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know why we were so everything. blown away by that album. It wasn't like that crazy of a departure. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty in line with their, <laughs> their thinking. But yeah, this was, you know, 1999. It was uh, same year Office Space came out, just like the cubicle hell that everyone thought that's the worst it was ever going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. When they Fight sh- Club around the same time. When they show Keanu mm-hmm. yeah, Reeves exactly. uh, work at, at work, he's working for a software company that looks very much like a maybe a finance corporation or something. He's yeah. like wearing a suit and working in cubicles, kind yeah. of like in a, it's like even in office space, it was more like chilled out than that place. <laughs> yeah. That's I, right. I laughed a lot during the, um, like the insanely intense boss. Yeah, yeah. It was like, Mr. Anderson, we here at Meta Cortex pride ourselves in being the best technology. <laughs> and then it ends up, he's like, don't be late again. <laughs> All he had to say was like, hey, you're late again and you're, you're going to get fired. <laughs> but yeah. he had this whole speech and stuff and you're like, all right, all right. I was like uh, watching this documentary about, it was like about video games and it was talking about like Atari when it started up was kind of like we could get all of the best tech guys just by being like, show up whenever you want, yeah. wear whatever you want. Is this high score? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. The what thing on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like that kind of mindset in the world of tech companies was happening in like the 80s yeah it's like by 99 there i don't think there are any software companies that are like listen you're gonna get a haircut you're gonna shave and you're gonna wear a tie but i guess this is the you're inside the matrix yeah this is the uh, spoil spoil alert for the matrix <laughs> we all we're all in the matrix right now yeah. this is all a simulation this podcast itself is a simulation. All of us are uh, worthy of sacrifice. <laughs> if you get in the way of Neo or Trinity, you can just I was, kill us all. I was making fun of the uh, the Kruger rules, but uh, one of like the nice touches is like later on there's an explanation of like, yeah, the first run of the Matrix was like heaven and everybody was happy and, mm-hmm. uh, and immediately people started like disconnecting because they knew it wasn't real yeah so it's kind of like if we don't if we don't force you to come to your shitty job on time you're, you're gonna, gonna fucking tear the spike out of the back of your head well, for, for some reason if you've been freed they haven't figured out food for some reason yeah. like you know you can have a steak in the matrix and it's amazing but for some reason they have to like eat like you know just this gruel well, because there's gruel no sunlight there's yeah no, you can't grow any crops man i mean there's, there's no, gotta be there's no nutrient. animals or plants it's gotta be some way they all live something. in that bushwick warehouse <laughs> I, uh, Zion. Uh, I, on, on this watch i did uh find myself more and more siding with cyber whatever <laughs> oh like, yeah yeah i was like yeah <laughs> probably do the same thing <laughs> once you've been freed you you know you'll it's do a, anything to go back into the simulation <laughs> joey joey pants which is a second uh appearance of joey pants yeah. on one of our reviews he makes the the most kind of human argument is like yeah he could have told us <laughs> yeah. before you take the pill. He could have just told us. <laughs> yeah. We'd be eating white mush. <laughs> I would say the only thing that like 
he should they should be doing like some infinite jest thing i guess like if cypher like really just was checked out of what the real world is he'd be like yeah i'm going in the sex simulator again i'll be back in three days just intravenously give me that you know that tasty weed stuff i don't care the woman in the red dress yeah you could do i mean the possibilities are limitless in these like little programs you could design so that'd be cool, and I'm surprised more people didn't just succumb to that, you know? I will say, there's a little bit on the rewatch. Early on, there's some dialogue where the agents are like, uh, so the mole's information is correct? Like, yeah. we do have somebody on the inside? And you're kind of like, okay. And then it cuts to, like, meet all the people on the inside, and it's like, Joey Pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody else is like, hey, we're so glad you're... And Joey Pants is like, oh, really, this guy? Like, you're like oh you seem probably that guy. very much like the mole <laughs> yeah everyone else is all stoic and like hey heard a lot about you <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right nikki what do we got next we are coming in on track number four this is rob d with clubbed to death remember vividly in the film when this is this is when they're in the red dress program right yeah yeah laying, laying out the the rules mm-hmm. of the matrix are you watching the woman in the red dress look again it's a gun in your face you <laughs> fucking moron you're dead <laughs> I remember uh, a friend of mine at school would give me a ride home and uh you know we would give each other the look and hit play on this song and light up a cigarette. Oh yeah, this was our jam. This was the epitome of cool for yeah. you know for me from twelve to a uh, couple of years. Pretty ago. cool. <laughs> Rob D. He was our Wendy Carlos. This was like yeah, a little classical music, a little highbrow, a little drum and bass. <laughs> this is gonna hold up. It's really, really blowing my like fourteen-year-old mind. I like these songs sound a little cheesy to me now, but like. I think it just comes from the overuse of these so many times. Is it is it weird? Like, I guess what like Connor O'Malley is making fun of, like misplaced rage from like you know the uh, the monster energy drinking mass. <laughs> like I can't I can't describe what that like type of person is, but it's like I will protect this mall from all the foreign hordes that come. You know, I mean, like. Dude, I, yeah, I can tell that I, that my brain's starting to get old because when I was listening to this, I was just picturing, like, being the parents that's driving you guys and the song, and you're kind of like, oh, this is, this is bad, but like, well, you know, classical music, this is probably, <laughs> and then you look in the mirror and you guys are like, yeah, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sunglasses <laughs> on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a lot, a lot of angst. I, I will say this probably I played more than any other song on this soundtrack on my little Walkman, yeah. like camp bunk or wherever I was listening to. I probably, yeah, this is probably up there. That scene you were talking about where he's laying out the rules. Apparently, they used a lot of twins in it. There's a lot of stuff I did notice on the second, uh, or, I mean, just the most recent watch with a, a little bit of maybe probably six or seven years since I'd seen The Matrix last. Maybe even more than that, but there's a lot of tiny little subtle details. And I, 
Like, they really added some levels to it that I was like, oh, this is a good movie. This is great. Oh, it's <laughs> fantastic. Man. I'll tell you a couple things that I noticed on rewatch. It is a film that is very green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're very committed to, like... Inside the Matrix every, screen. Everything's very green. And also, it's got a lot of... Reminds me of kind of like the Fight Club aesthetic of this weird 90s dilapidated building thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the color correction's pretty dark as well. Yeah. I was like... I had my brightness all the way up on the computer, and it's still just like a really dark movie. I watched this on DVD the way it was meant to be seen. Nice. It's like a little pixely. <laughs> Lucky. <and a> weird. <laughs> How are the graphics? The loading screen, the menu screen was real bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. The movie, sure, that was the movie amazing. looked fine. I'm sure it has some cool Easter eggs in there, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> what is the matrix.com? Uh, so another thing <laughs> I, I noticed. I went there. So the nice. idea that um, when you go into the matrix, you become your idealized self or you can, you can be whoever you want to be kind of or who you picture yourself to be. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that, like the coolest people in the world, like if you're free, if you're really free, it's like leather trench coats yeah. and weird sunglasses. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, you, could, you gotta have the uniform, man. Yeah, as soon as he becomes awakened, he gets also like taken into the, uh, the style of, you know, the people that are free, which is just kind of like a post or like a dystopian cyberpunk. Yeah, I think the first time he goes in uh, with them, he's like a little bit just kind of black suit. Mm-hmm. He looks okay, but like, yeah, the more he like buys in, then the, the yeah, sunglasses his, start to step up. Trench coat yeah. pops on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks great in this movie, too. Yeah. yeah. Keanu's great in this. I, I think it was the first movie that he actually displayed some sort of acting chops. Like, have you guys seen Johnny Mnemonic? Yes. Which is, it's the second, like, you know, cyberpunk reality. And no. he is bad in that. <laughs> or the, uh, what's that, the, that movie the was directed by a, uh, an artist, a visual artist. Oh. That, uh, actually, a friend of mine works for it. But uh, oh, okay. we're, we, we got to do an episode on that one. That one's real wild. We should. There's the magical mailbox movie that he's in. The Lake House. Oh, that was yeah, after this, that was after. The Lake House. But this is right after Devil's Advocate. Which and is, he's pretty bad in that, too. But <laughs> well, there's some accent discrepancies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, shout out to the new uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music that's yeah. uh, in theaters now. Yeah. Which, by all accounts, is pretty entertaining. Um, in theaters in some places, I suppose. Good to see old Alex Winter. <laughs> Glad he's Oh, like, yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for answering my emails, Keanu. <laughs> he has been w- waiting to do that movie. <laughs> no, no. Oh, man. He, the, from what I, what I understand, he consciously retired from acting after the Bill and Ted. He just didn't want to do it because he was like a child actor. And then he's been directing a lot of, I think, documentaries for years. So he's been busy. He was in a movie called Freaked, uh, 1993. And man, that one's a weird one. <laughs> um, a lot of like that weird 90s, like fisheye lens stuff with like crazy monster makeup. That mm. was like kind of bad. It's worth watching. <laughs> it sounded like you were describing a Darren Aronofsky movie for a second. <laughs> yeah. So what's next, Nikki? Let's jump into track number five. This is Meat Beat Manifesto with Prime Audio Soup.
Do we know, is this in the film? Yeah. Okay. This is when they're kind of all going into the Matrix for the first time. You oh, can just, yeah. Like, they're in the ship, and then, like, it's like, all right, let's go see the Oracle. Strap in, folks. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like the... So, supposedly, in the original script, a lot of it has to do with, like, identity, and there's, like, difference. Yeah. It's, like, who you, who you really are and who the Matrix is telling you you are, and there's a lot of, like, kind of name stuff where the, like, the evil programs always refer to you by your, like, Matrix name, but all the all the characters are, like, they're hackers, so they have, like, their hacker Their own name, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the character Switch was originally, in the original script, was supposed to switch genders on the inside and the outside. Oh, that makes sense. And then, of course, the, the studio made him change it, which is just fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would have okay. been cool. And it makes, would have been makes great. makes a lot of sense why her name is Switch. Yeah. I could see that. And it would have been great because one of the things that sticks out is that their haircuts are different, but everybody looks exactly the fucking same on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it'd be great if, like, you know, we were all to go into the Matrix, and then when I enter it, I'm, like, huge and jacked yeah, and, yeah, like, way you, good looking. And you're like, Chris, you're just, what do you think taller. about yourself? Yeah. It's like, you look a little taller. No, I'm this tall. <laughs> yeah. There six is, two. There's like one of the kids. I think one of the guys on the outside, his, he has like some ear thing. His ears are weird. And then on the, in the um, matrix, they're mouse. normal. Yeah. He's like larger ears. He's a little, a little more suave in the matrix. But he's also like the skinny little white guy. Yeah. It's like you could be whoever you want, right? Or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's, again, Kruger rules. Dream warriors. Dream. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 3. They're like... I'm a ma- magician. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, like a punk that has switchblade. One thing that's really prescient, though, is that the evil programs, when they're talking about how they designed the Matrix and how it had to be familiar or else they were losing the human consciousness. And it was, uh, they were referring to, the, you know, 1999 as the peak of human civilization. It's like, well, maybe. Yeah, pretty Ooh. wild. Let's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> See if it can Fingers be replicated. <laughs> we, we make it over the hump. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, remember when you had those cell phones with the sliding down thing? That was doesn't get better than that, man. The stiletto, the Nokia stiletto, the razor, <laughs> oh, sliver. I was a sliver guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, going into, um, I think there was a lot of studio interference in this. They had a lot of trouble getting this movie made. I think it took. They wrote the script for like five years and chopped it around and. I honestly, I've heard everybody under the sun was approached to play Neo. I've heard Will Smith. I've heard Leonardo DiCaprio. Heard Brad Pitt, Val Kilmer, and then Jada Pinkett Smith was going to be Trinity, and she ended up being in the sequels. But like, yeah, it, uh, I think Gillian Anderson turned this down. Also, David Duchovny turned. It, so it's like it sounded like they couldn't really get across what they were trying to pitch the movie as, and everyone was like, "Slow down! What are you talking about?" Like Russell Crowe said, he gave up. Like. 42 pages in, I was like, I don't get this. <laughs> like, let me throw it away. But I'm, I'm glad they really championed it for, for so long because it's, a, I think, their best movie. Uh, their other movies seem to sort of fall apart. There's also like the, um, uh, there's like a Japanese Atlas. fight choreographer that they really wanted to work with and he highballed him. He, yeah, well, he got sent this uh, a script the first time and was like, I don't know how they got my information. Yeah. Somehow they got in touch with me and like I said no. Yeah. And then they got in touch with him a second time and the second time he read the script and really liked it yeah. and decided to say yes. But I uh, could barely speak English and they had translators around and they ended up like, you know, teaching kung fu to the characters for what, what was like six months but it was a guy who he worked on like crouching tiger hidden dragon yeah yeah he's yeah. amazing and it's like keanu is a perfect person for this movie because he's legitimately i don't know if it started with this film but he's like really into 
martial, martial arts, arts and, stuff, and yeah. i he's so much so that i think he's, and motorcycles he's uh, he's yeah. got it all man mm-hmm. he's done several films that are directorial debuts of people of like stunt directors or people that he worked with on other films that were uh-huh. just like so he like he loves that shit but the wachowskis we should say they both came out as transgender uh, since the film has come out so mm-hmm. i think they actually put out a statement that this film is about like you know identity and who you really are and yeah. like and all these levels which is really interesting which is also makes me really angry that switch couldn't be yeah like who the who they wanted it to be yeah i think they've kind of come out of saying this film has been a, a about several different things as the the years go by and the, this most recent one the only thing that made me i do i mean i don't know i will yeah. say i hope i don't get in trouble or anything but i'm like I don't, it kind of falls apart when you start like really trying to think about it you're like oh, okay yeah i can see that but wait who's the oracle what is, what role does that like do you meet a well, person well in it's the... a combination because there's also <laughs> I know, I know. there's um well you have the there's a modern, originally there's the, modern the religious. philosophy and kind yeah. of the baudrillard like at one point neo he has his hidden discs when he's like uh somebody stops by and he's buying some program that i guess neo wrote yeah what do you think that program is <laughs> you know it's porn it's just it's just pornography it's just porn torrents uh but it's like he has this book i think it's a baudrillard it's all about like the you know the real and the similar acronym oh yeah the uh simulacra and and simulation yeah so this is required reading for almost all the cast and crew uh, oh yeah okay so yeah that's it's you know there is there's a certain it's i think it's a little bit more of a philosophical exercise as it is you know more than it is a philosophical uh, like a theory Although I think that supposedly Elon Musk thinks that we're living in a simulation. Oh, he talks about it all the time. Yeah, but he's a goober. But yeah, the idea is total like, goober. Sorry, uh, Elon. You know, it, the Elon idea Musk is, is the you best need to think about experience and reality in a way and realize that there would be no difference between a simulation and or there would be no way to tell. I think the only thing that I truly believe is that Jim Carrey is living in a simulation. And there is no real Jim Carrey. But everything else, I think, is real in the real world. We are Jim Carrey. Yeah, we are Jim have, have you seen The Truman Show? I mean, you're just talking about The Truman Show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for really <laughs> explaining the joke. There. Should we hear a bit of track six? Yeah. This is Lunatic Calm with Leave You Far Behind. Is this in the film? Yeah. This okay. is during the um, kung fu fight scene between Morpheus and Neo in the training simulator. That's a pretty good scene. It's great. Uh, there are some some later action scenes that I have some <laughs> problems with. We Do can you? talk about later, Do but you? I, I oh. enjoyed this one. Yeah, the, there's uh, the young character Mouse, and this is the first time that you see you know the, the crew on the ship get a little more animated yeah. when Mouse you know goes into their room and is like, Morpheus and Neo are fighting in the simulation. Yeah. yeah, this is the original esports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It like, would have been cool if the dojo was it had the background of like Street Fighter Two. Yeah. There was just like the one. Round one, right? <laughs> yeah, they still can do anything. I still haven't figured out if Neo's the one, but they're like, gosh, he's fast. Yes, look at those arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a great scene. Uh, I, I love this scene. Um, very um, 
you know, I, I think we had talked about the hotel lobby scene. Apparently that was influenced a lot or the Wachowskis were influenced a lot by like anime and stuff like that. And the ghost in the shell was a big influence on the uh, oh, lobby yeah. shootout. And this scene, I think was, there was a lot of like uh, Ninja scroll. They're like, basically like we want to do anime, but real. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's it, a great mashup and yeah. it really, really it, works. It's really, yeah, no. And, and it does absolutely work. It's funny. I remember listening to an interview with Tarantino and he was talking about how, I think he originally offered the role of Jules in Pulp Fiction to Larry Fishburne, who turned it down. And the rationale is that Lawrence Fishburne is like, I need to be the star. I need to be the first name in movies, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, it opened it up for Sam Jackson. And then it was, you know, Lawrence Fishburne, he was around, but he never really broke through as, like, a star until he changed this his name. He used to go by Larry well, he did go Apocalypse by Larry. Now and then yeah. made the change to Lawrence. Yeah. But he's yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. He's in this film, which he is not top build, but this was the movie that kind of, like, launched his career into... This was kind of his, like, Liam Neeson taken. Yeah, sort yeah. of a different uh, route of his career, I think. Yeah, I think he's fantastic in it, and... I think honestly, there was some. Sam Jackson was approached for it. Anthony Hopkins was approached for this role. Like Chow Young Fat, I think turned it down. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. But I uh, wish. That, I think he uh, nails it. He's he's the perfect Morpheus. It would have been so cool if inside the Matrix he didn't have the gap in his teeth. <laughs> they just like <laughs> close that up. Yeah, everyone has like slight <laughs> imperfections. Like perfect. he's a little slimmer. He's got like a big head of hair. He's got a yeah. afro. Yeah, he's got a kick-ass <laughs> afro. In it. Oh man. We should talk about Marcus Chong, who played uh, Tank. Do you guys know? About, I, I'm surprised you don't know about this, Caleb. I, I, yeah, Tank. I don't know what you're talking Did about. Did you find this in your So he was Tank uh, in The Matrix. The one guy was, you know, him and Dozer were born at Zion. So they're the computer guys. Yeah, they, I, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with with this whole situation. They, Same, <laughs> me, meaning that they don't have uh, you know no holes plugs. in their body and yeah. they yeah, yeah yeah can't be uploaded. Can't do it. But you're like you can figure it out. Well, there's there's kind <laughs> but, of like a pretense that all the people that, that are have been rescued out of the matrix, they're all people involved in computers. They're like hackers right. because it's this way. It's a very '90s way of thinking about trying to like get under get to the reality. It's all like digital. It's like there's people that are really trying to figure out what's going on. And it's all these like digital hackers, which uh, in the context of today, you know, people that are trying to find the truth online are fucking, you know, baby boomer wing bats. But uh, <laughs> boomer brain rot. So, yeah. But it's like this, um, this notion that all the characters go by their hacker name. And so it's like Neo and you know Morpheus. It's, it's like a very '90s computer thing. Oh, and then but then when you come out, it's like, oh, I've never been in the Matrix. My name's Dozer. You're like, what? Yeah. Well, they were like, I guess, seemingly children of yeah. cyber nerd so hackers. Everybody's like, they're kids. Yeah, they're all just nerds. They're all nerds. Um, what, or, ha- what happened to the name Frank? Yeah. But so, uh, so Tank, you know, survives this Matrix. He's one of the few like crew members to survive, and then he was supposed to be in the sequels. And I think they like him. Like, okay, we'll give you four hundred thousand dollars to be in the in the sequel. And he was like, make it a million. And they're like. No, <laughs> like we don't, I don't, we're not going to play ball with but, you. But that's like, for uh, ma- the Matrix Reloaded. Reloaded, yeah. And he negotiated his hand very poorly and then went crazy. And then was like <laughs> calling like Warner Brothers and making uh, death threats and then being like, well, they threatened me. They threatened me. Oh boy. And then he talked about like how Keanu Reeves stole money from like the stunt coordinators and everybody. And then like, 
I guess there was something that came out in the news that was like Keanu Reeves like donates fifty million dollars to the unsung heroes of the Matrix because I guess Keanu made so much money over the years, and then he was like, "That was blood money and hush money," <laughs> and like Marcus Chong is a nut, and he's great in this movie. He's oh, a fantastic, fantastic bank. He he played um, Huey P. Newton in um, in Panther. Like, he's a fantastic actor, but he's come out with a documentary that's like. <laughs> Uh, the Marcus Chong story hashtag Matrix Gate and like it is it is nonsense. You can find it on YouTube. There's wow. only like thirty thousand views, but he just goes <laughs> he goes off the rails. And it's clearly made by him, um, and he's like, yeah, it's 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 he's both an egomaniac and he just completely ruined his own career because wow. I think he couldn't get over this. But anyway. I gotta say, a I did not notice that he wasn't in the sequels, so that's why I strike against him. Replaced uh, by B, Link. The sequels were mm. bad, so it's also maybe they would have been good if you. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I remember the actor who replaced him now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, R.I.P. <laughs> Track seven. Come on the show. R.I.P. Dozer, Tank, whatever. Tank. Tank. The Prodigy, Minefields. Prodigy, man. Mm. Keep popping up these days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked about him a bunch on the Hacker soundtrack. I think they had a couple of tracks on that. Uh-huh. Anything hackery is just all prodigy. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> what strikes me about this soundtrack in particular, but even even in the context of like the 90s, late 90s and the prodigy, it's like all the electronic on this soundtrack takes itself very seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which makes it like very kitschy. I mean, this whole movie takes itself yeah. very seriously. <laughs> Nothing is funny in the Matrix. Like, almost like, thank goodness Will Smith. I think Will Smith has even admitted himself. He's like, uh, I like. I thought Keanu was perfect, and I might have ruined it. <laughs> oh like, man, if Will Smith had, had done his ad libs, yeah, he would have. Oh been, man, don't you shoot that green shit at me, sort of stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's insane. <laughs> it's a pretty good song. It's a little. Uh, little eastern sound a little bit kung fu techno yeah, yeah. reminds me of the animatrix a bit but um this was playing in the club when keanu on a school night uh <laughs> goes and <laughs> trinity's talking to him this is like the second song that's playing in the club i don't know I, I feel like seeing it that go around i was like oh that's not even close to like how insane clubs are these days yeah, yeah. like back then i was like what kind of place is this but now i'm like Got a house of yes, like down the street from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twice as insane. Did you ever see? Uh, there was a Black Mirror episode, the San Junipero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the dark club. They, go, was, they go to a place called Quagmires. Well, there was all this. It's the idea that uh, all these people are having their consciousness uploaded, and it's people that were young in the eighties, and so they're like kind of retirement community. They're young and they're in the eighties, and it's this beach town. Yeah, nostalgia therapy. But that uh, that what the dark side of being uploaded is after a while you get so bored with existence that you have to go over to the dark side. You just want to feel anything, and it's like when they go to that club, and it just looks like a. 
Yeah, it's just like an industrial. It's like somebody like, spanking somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh god, but sick stuff is happening in here. They're wearing leather. I'm kind of feeling like that these days, though. Like, I know. Yeah, it might just kind of be nice to be back at a bar. Very true. You know? I, yeah, I feel. I feel for them. Jeff, <laughs> feel. Yeah, I gotta say. So there is one detail that I didn't notice that I read about and watched uh, on the on the rewatch. The part where Neo wakes up and his computer's talking to him. Mm-hmm. You could see that he's what he's been researching online. It's uh, he's like researching Morpheus, who's yeah. known as like like an international terrorist yeah. because he keeps showing up and just gunning people down, <laughs> yeah. innocent people, yeah. yeah, like entire offices full of people he's for probably, apparently no reason. He's probably like they're batteries. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like they don't know. Like I, I think he, <laughs> they're real people, yeah. and he's killed hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of them. Yeah. Yeah, Trinity reaches out and tells Neo to follow the white rabbit. And then he sees a white rabbit tattoo on his friend that comes to uh, pick up one of the discs and decides to go out and party and runs into Trinity. And then, you know, it happens from there. He has to take the NyQuil AM or PM (laughs) (laughs) from Morpheus. What would have happened if he had taken both at the same time? (laughs) <laughs> Give me that. So, so there's like a there's a deep subreddit on that exact question that oh, the, the red that, pill the red pill yeah. thing is uh so <laughs> it's it's so oh man the world we're living in if we could just go back to 1999 you know yeah. plug me in for all you listeners who don't know what red pilling is it was like a group of guys on i think reddit it is it do not say past tense this is a very <laughs> current thing well the, they started by saying yeah. like Basically, it's like we took the red pill and we're we know what the real matrix is and that that is women should be treated equally, right? No, <laughs> like, it's uh, they shouldn't. Or, uh, the idea is it's incel adjacent thinking, yeah, yeah. which is that proto incel that ever like everybody's talking about how women are oppressed, but the reality is like women have it better because they can go to a club and get things for free. We can't. It's like okay. <laughs> Uh, but it's this idea of red pilling somebody is like awakening them to the truth, what's really going on, which is that uh, that you know, nobody will sleep with us or something. But it's it's yeah. kind of like migrated out into the QAnon and just like uh, all right. right like ecosphere red pilling because also you know Trump and and Republicans are red states and it's this whole like so which you is see the truth wake uh, up sheeple which mm. you know. The, the ideology of the matrix is, is of course the exact opposite which is <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's the whole, like you take the red pill you realize that like you need to be who you really are <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god 1999 let's go back and like i mean much to the horror of those morons on that are like red pilling <laughs> the creators of this film both are transgender <laughs> you know so yeah, like they're both women yeah it's yeah. ridiculous should we do track eight yeah this is Rob Zombie with Dragula Hot Rod Herman Remix. Love me a hot rod, Herman. <laughs> Remix. 
stutter. Her vocal stutter is, uh, you know, that was kind of crazy for the time. <laughs> I've made fun of Rob Zombie before, but uh, this song's kind of a jam. I love this I song, mean, man. Even, yeah. the, even the remix. I think I like the original better. <laughs> the lyrics always cracked me up. Like, what is it? Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches and slam in the back of my... <laughs> well, yeah, do you know what the where the title comes from? No. It makes you like this the song better, I think. It's oh. Dragula. It's uh the car Dracula. in in the Munsters. Yeah. In the Munsters they drive the Dragula. Oh, I think. Slam. Or at least it was an episode. Slam in the back of my Dragula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a little bit goofy already. Yeah. Uh is this this gotta be pretty early after uh Rob Zombie departed from White Zombie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the story behind that was, but I, I feel like it's gotta be essentially the same band. Yeah, and they sound fairly similar. I think Rob got a little heavier. Um, Yeah, you're not going to listen to it and be like, man, you got to hear the difference between these two things. (laughs) That's pretty similar. (laughs) That's true. Well, they had that one song, uh, More Human Than Human, which is, I think every five years, there's like one song that's in 30% of trailers. And there were like, More Human Than Human was for five years that like that yeah i can't even do it but and rob zombie's uh wikipedia photo is just like a bastardized hot topic mannequin does he have color contacts in different colors for each eye (laughs) and what um red carpet premiere is he at house of thousand corpses yeah (laughs) many of one of the many uh horror attempts that he's uh, i i I mean i'm not a huge horror guy to begin with and i know there's like levels to it that i'm probably uh pretty ignorant to but like people love um what's the name of his big horror movie uh house of a thousand corpses there was house of a thousand corpses and then there was like the devil's 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 rejects was a sequel that was pretty highly regarded for a genre film i haven't seen it i it is unwatchable too. <laughs> it is unwatchable too. And I'm like, I want to like it. I just ah, like it. It seems so cheesy and hammy and over the top. And people are like, but that's kind of horror. Yeah. I'm like, ah. I mean, I, it's not my thing, but I kind of respect that Rob Zombie, he, you know, it's like a genre that he's really into and he embraces all these like genre tropes and he makes the movies he wants to make. Whereas like Fred Durst is trying to be, he's just making bad normal movies. <laughs> Oh, man. Fred Durst. Well, time will tell. Time will tell between those two. Very true. Guys, we're about uh, halfway through the soundtrack. Oh, man. It's flying by. I've got a uh, little game prepared for us after the break. Oh, nice. Excited. At the end of the episode, we're going to add a track to the track listing Spotify playlist. Our favorite uh, otherworldly song. One of our favorite otherworldly Alternate songs. reality. Define Alternate. it how you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick with us. Thank you to everyone for listening to the Track Listing Podcast and sticking with us through these crazy times that we live in in 2020. If you haven't already checked out our Instagram, please do. That's at Track Listing Podcast. And check out our Twitter. That's at Track Listing Pod. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to tell your friends about it, we'd really appreciate it. Spread the word. Get everybody listening to the Track Listing Podcast. Yeah, and make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow our Track Listing Spotify playlist on Spotify. You have to say Spotify twice. I didn't Do mean to again. say it's... Start, go from the beginning. Chris, from the read, beginning? Chris from the read what's on the page. I was kind of thinking I'd no, just... No, if, if you could just read from the page. I'm, I'm kind of doing an improv thing here. It's kind Start of what I do. from the top. So, okay. okay. Uh, Chris is the comedian. Okay, uh, coming in on one. Um, and make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and uh, follow our track listing Spotify playlist. And um... I, I'm nervous. You okay. guys are really... From the top. Uh, we've been here for hours, it, guys. Just do it from the top and do it right this time. Rate and review us on Spotify... <sighs>
Christmas. Chris, you got this. Chris, I don't. If you're gonna do it, do it right. <laughs> you guys are putting a lot of pressure on me. I'm cracking under pressure. Just all right. One more time. track listing. Can podcast. I just thank the listeners and let's get out of here? Start from the top. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Two, three hundred. Empire. Oh, baby, gonna cry. <laughs> I'm not crying. It's it's sweat. Sweat from my eyes. <laughs> we better get back to the soundtrack. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. We are live from the red carpet, and welcome back to the Matrix soundtrack. But before we get back, I do have a game prepared for us. Our very own Nick LaGrasta has a game. Oh, I think I see Will Smith over there. <laughs> Looks a little sad he didn't take the role for uh, Neo. <laughs> All right, I do have an edition of Rhyme Time prepared oh, for nice. us. Nice. And I've got three rounds, and for first-time listeners, Rhyme Time is a game of two clues in each round, and the answers to each clue will rhyme. And we're looking for what rhymes. And it'll be a dollar correct for uh, for each round. Oh, making oh. money tonight. Okay. You guys can work together. You can work against each other. That is uh, up to you. I wonder if we're the only uh, podcast that just gives dollars amongst each other <laughs> and not to the listeners. And it's correct. <laughs> we can make money. Hey, I, I listen to our episodes. So. <laughs> I'm in debt somehow. I'm not sure how that worked out. Uh, let's work together. Okay. How many rounds are there? There will be three rounds. Perfect. Three dollars. That could be one fifty a piece. Hey man, get a Bud Seltzer Tallboy after this. All right, you guys ready for round one? Sock it to me. Give it to us. Clue one. This musical opened on Broadway in 2002 and is based on a film of the same name from 1988. Um, 2002. Spider-Man. Let's turn off the dark. Spider-Man. Wait a minute. So this is two clues in one? I forget how this game works. That was clue one. You guys want clue two? Yeah, they have to rhyme together. Yes, that's so correct. So this I was going to say, what is it? Like, Pretty Woman, Big, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty Woman was 1990. Anyways, what's the second clue? All right, clue two. This musical group, one of the most successful groups of the new romantic era of British pop, peaked in popularity in 1983 with the album True, with its title track reaching number one in the UK That's and top five in the US. Spandau yeah, Ballet. Spandau Ballet. Spandau Ballet. Uh, to live and die in LA. <laughs> to live and die in LA. Uh, what's the first clue again? <laughs> this musical opened on Broadway in 2002 and is based on a film of the same name from 1988. Um, oh, Jeff Bridges Blown Away. Did they make a musical? <laughs> <laughs> blown Away. Spandau Ballet. Spandau Ballet. Um, come. <sighs> Come from away, far, far and away, away, far, far and away, far and away, Spandu Ballet. All right, I'll give you guys a uh, a clue for clue one. I should know this. This is bad. I'm, I know nothing about musicals. Go ahead. The film that the musical is based on is written and directed by John Waters. Oh, uh, uh, oh, cry, hairspray, hairspray. <laughs> You're <a> crybaby. Crybaby, <laughs> go away. <laughs> hairspray, so hairspray, Spandau Ballet, Spandau Ballet. That is correct. Uh, thank you, John Waters. Yes. Oh, that was a big clip. I still, I, I would that, see a musical blown away. Yeah. There you go. Right. It's not too far off. Casting Dennis Hopper would be difficult. <laughs> Theater, please come back. <laughs> Let's move on to round two. Are you ready for clue one? Let's I'm ready. It. This 1999 drama film stars Tom Hanks, 
and is based on a 1996 novel by Stephen King of the same name. It's The Green Mile. Okay. And clue two. This American rapper, born Terrius Gray, is best known for his work with Cash Money Records and is a former member of the Hot Boys. It's uh, the Green Mile Juvenile. 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 <laughs> you guys are both correct. Hey. That's a dollar. I smell that dollar. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Good job. Making lots of money tonight. All right. Ready for round three? Yes. Clue one. Often cited as one of the greatest music writers for film, this American composer has won four Academy Awards, a Golden Globe, 20 Grammys, and a posthumous Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1995. Okay. We died before 95. Yeah. Now I'm fucked up because I was like John Williams. Yeah, I was thinking John Williams or Hans Zimmer or something. Um, Uh, Ennio Maricone just died. Yeah. Um... Alan Silvestri is still alive and kicking. <laughs> I don't know. What is the second clue? Yeah, let's, let's see. If we clue two. Backwards. Walt Disney released this supernatural animated film in 2012, directed by Tim Burton. Okay, that's um, the Corpse Bride. That's the Corpse Bride. In 2012. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. No, Corpse what, Bride. What was the second clue? I think I have this. Walt Disney released this supernatural animated film in 2012, directed by Tim Burton. All right. Uh, I think it might be Harry Mancini Frankenweenie. You are correct. <laughs> oh, man. I should have known Mancini. Oh, man. Very good. I didn't realize he died in 95. That's a good rhyme. That Big bucks, Mancini. That's correct. Henry Mancini Frankenweenie. That was a good question. That was good. I like that. better because I got it right. <laughs> Also, shout out to Spandau Ballet with True. You can hear uh, Steve Buscemi's character uh, in The Wedding Singer yeah. sing True from one of our uh, previous episodes. So ch- check out our uh, Wedding Singer episode. Better, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. Good job, always guys. a screw up. Right, Ted? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys want some big bucks tonight. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Use him at the uh, the cantina yeah. on uh, the the Matrix ship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, we we deal in Nick bucks here. And yeah. You Nick can only Buck. redeem it at the company store. <laughs> yeah. And redeem for some good old slop. <laughs> good job, guys! Thanks for playing Rhyme Time. Yeah, man. That was a good one. Should we get back into the Matrix Let's soundtrack? Let's do it. Let's do it. We are coming back in on track number nine. This is Deftones with My Own Summer. Shove it. I remember this song. One of my uh, good buddies, his mom would drop him off at school and they would be blasting, you know, corn and like Deftones out of the car. And uh, this is my friend Nick from back in the day. And his humble brag to everyone in the class was like, my mom likes Deftones. <laughs> like, Can't get pre- enough. It's pretty, uh, he's cool. Yeah, he's God, really cool. his mom likes it. Yeah. People love Deftones. I'm going to, 
I feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble because uh, people really like the Deftones. Yeah. I think uh, people will refer to him as like the radio head of metal. Yeah. Which I'm like, I don't know. Uh, maybe the radio head of like new metal, but uh, they, they're still kicking it. They had a yeah. strong moment and I they've just like kind of stayed strong. It's not my kind of music, but this is probably the best song we've heard so far, like yeah. empirically. Yeah, I don't search out the Deftones, but this is—is is this in the movie? It is not in the movie. Okay, because I wanted to say uh, it—it it was playing in Zion, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, everything plays in Zion. Yeah. There's like <laughs> too many people in Zion. I don't buy. It's very crowded. <laughs> There's a thing in soundtracks that we run into a lot, which is the the music from and inspired by. But these are songs inspired. These are on other albums. These are like pre-existing songs. It's just music from and music that sounds like it could have been in <laughs> the Matrix. Yeah, we, we need a soundtrack that's like sounds songs that could have been in this movie. <laughs> that if uh, yeah, maybe they were in it. Do you remember? It should. I mean, the music supervisor for the soundtrack was Jason Bentley, and you know, it could have just said music collected by <laughs> Jason <laughs> Bentley. Yeah, from Jason Bentley's iPod. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of times on Spotify, I'll try to find a soundtrack, and it's like somebody's just put it together as a playlist, but they always like throw in random songs. Oh, sometimes it gets ridiculously sometimes long. Sometimes it's like their song. It's like uh, oh, I've heard of uh, like indie bands. They get the first person to put together a playlist for like a movie or a TV show. And then they sneak their song it's in. It's a good strategy oh, these days. Yeah. They get their streams. You get a lot of that on Reddit too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People trying to sneak in their own stuff. I, I was always a, a bit opposed to the Deftones just because of the screaming. <laughs> just because of the scream. And uh, the You're sing- like an old man as a little kid. Like, yeah. ah, turn it down. Yeah. Too loud. <laughs> uh, Chino Marino, uh, the lead singer, he shortly after this in 2001 had to get like vocal surgery or something like had to he put so much strain on his vocal cords that they had to cancel the tour and he had to go on like vocal rest but like you gotta think these like heavy metal singers or or whatever new metal new metal singers just shred their vote because good singers that sing properly with like actual training still get like polyps and stuff on their vocal cords but these guys must just the dude's name is chino marino Chino marino. The dude's name is just fabrics <laughs> madonna wayne gacy uh i i think that the deftones good or bad and they're good are a very inappropriately named band like that is like a you know it should be like five like black guys who have sing in different tones it should be like Death a really tones. good r&b group <laughs> yeah. they're also trying to do that cool thing that like maybe led zeppelin started and then def leppard you know copied it's been done where they drop a letter from the you know they drop the a but this is like deft like in that like an adept sort of way to do something like they uh, deftly sing well there's mm. a lot of like uh hip-hop perfectly like, there's yeah. the hip-hop labels so so <laughs> yeah. deaf and yeah yeah, there's like there's like hip the hip hop connotations to it. It's not, there's nothing hip hop mm. about this. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, you're right. This should be like a Jurassic Five type group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Deftones were about to play a festival pre-COVID that uh, never came to fruition. But Godspeed to the Deftones out there. Thank you for all your uh, amazing sonic efforts. <laughs> yeah, man, they they got themselves on this huge soundtrack uh, for no reason. I oh, like that. I appreciate the hustle. <laughs> I'm sure this is like still paying their bills to some degree. Oh God! I mean, had to be one of the top-selling soundtracks to date. Yeah, this was huge. I mean, Matrix stuff in general. Like we were joking around about like the Animatrix, then there was Matrix Revisited, and then like 
Matrix Reloaded. The whole the universe. One, the whole universe was built out really quickly. And I remember like in 2000 waiting. I was like, when are the sequels going to come out? <laughs> it was like 2003? What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, the, far away. When the sequels came out, there was no question that we were going to see it You know, at, at midnight mm-hmm. on, the, on the day that it came out. I saw the second uh, or the third one, I guess, with my dad. And uh, we both kind of left going like, that's pretty bad, right? They <laughs> fit um, I, I, like going back and watching this first one. Everyone is saying these like very pithy, like quick, stoic lines that they. I think they kept trying to do in the sequels, and they just turned out so much lamer in the sequels. Mm. Like, I never finished the training program. And then it goes like, neither did I. <laughs> you know, like every every line is like that. Yeah. Every line is like. Well, that. There's all these interviews, like people talk about like George Lucas. George Lucas is like, oh yeah, when I wrote Star Wars, I had this whole outline and I had like these prequels, the story like leading up. It's like, yeah, right. Like, you know, like maybe, yeah, maybe you had to. It's easy to pat your back. And then there's a lot of like people find out that the original cut of Star Wars was completely different and it was like all this stuff. And it's like. Luke uh, Starkiller. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that this, you know, it is a film. It's like building up to it's kind of a small climax. Like it doesn't like, it doesn't end the matrix. Like there isn't like an end to like the film. Real. I mean, it, it, it's open to like sequels, I guess, but mm-hmm. they also do a lot of like at the very end of the film, like one of the things, even when I was like a, in high school and I was watching it, the very last scene, he like looks up out of a crowd and then he flies. And I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. That's a little questionable. I remember like the school that I went to was Episcopalian and you know, we were all seeing the uh, religious allegory and the biblical allegory <laughs> of the movie. And I remember we tried to call it when we were, you know, in seventh grade. We we're like, there's going to be three movies. And in the third one, he's going to get crucified. <laughs> and he does. Like, and he does. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> yeah. Like straight up called it. But I was kind of, I can't even remember that well with the sequels, but they have to walk back a lot. Because by the end of the first movie, he can stop bullets he can and do he everything. can fly. So yeah, there's no go, reason. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason for him to go back into the matrix or anybody really. Yeah, and it I, needs to all be on the outside. But then you're like, well, that's not as fun. It's a different sort of genre. You do find out that he can do that Sorry. cool trick at the end where he can like also like uh, fly into an agent's belly button. Yeah, and yeah. then like explode. Them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like oh, that was never in the training program. But. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> very weird surprise like my new trick guys. there's a bunch Whoa. of like weird at the end where he kicks somebody and it's supposed to be him realizing that it's, it's not so he's starting to move like weird because it's like this isn't reality but he like kicks the agent and then he like slowly moves his leg over in this like very awkward way oh yeah 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 his foot was like on a wire in yeah. the scene too which i remember was, that it's like in the behind the scenes footage which is like kind of scary because like if they pull it a little too much you just have like no control over what's happening i think they knocked it out of the park in the first like three quarters of this movie so hard that i think nobody remembers how it gets cringy at the end a little bit opinion. yeah a little bit i think I could have done without like the prophecy and the oracle stuff because it was just kind of like ego yodeling philosophizing on on the part yeah. of Wachowski's, I thought. And then like unanswered questions too. It's like, well, if I hadn't have told you about the vase, would you have done anything? Just the thought. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat, take a cookie. <laughs> take a cookie. I respect it in that most franchises, uh, they start off with a normal movie and yeah. then it's like, movie two it's like jack sparrow you're the chosen one yeah. everything's about you and you're like what yeah you're like no he was like a drunk pirate right <laughs> yeah. uh so at least this one it's like part of the original intention is that yeah. it is like a 
Or I, then, then you have like hackers, which is just like cringy, like from the get go. No oh, man, hackers is great. <laughs> oh man, I don't think that movie's taking it, trying to take itself too serious. The Matrix though. is everything hackers want it to be. Exactly. <laughs> I would, if you talk about things wanting to be things, there was a film with Christian Bale called Equilibrium. I yeah, don't know if you guys have seen this. A little, I liked that. Movie. It's a little bit of a cult classic. It is ripping so hard on the Matrix. But uh, it weirdly seems like it's like five years older than The Matrix. Yeah. It's instead of green, everything's like blue. And instead of Keanu Reeves, it's Christian Bale. It's basically, what's the, Solaris and The Matrix together. Oh, okay, I, I remember think. Solaris. It's a little bit like Fahrenheit 451. Okay. It's like mixed in there. But yeah, it's, Brave New World sort of like thing. It's like Sean Bean and Christian Bale. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. But, uh, I it's liked like, it. But it's cheesy. It's got the trench coats. Yeah. <laughs> I think everything that's good, you have to cringe a little bit. It's just, it's just inherent. Speaking of cringing, what do we have next? Track 10, Hive, Ultrasonic Sound. If you begin to feel overload, we'll begin to feel what we are saying. If you begin to feel overload, consider your Earth. What do you feel? Definitely not in the movie, but definitely on Neo's iPod. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. Or Zip, Zip yeah. music player. I don't think iPods existed yet. Yeah, what was the, your music device in uh, 99? Uh, it was like burn CDs yeah, on a just, portable CD player. You could yeah, get an yeah. MP3 CD on an MP3 CD player. With a G-Shock protection. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a little bit before like the mini disc. I, I get kind of made fun of on this podcast by you guys for defending uh, trip, ho- trip hop. <laughs> You know, trip hop you guys <laughs> chris's favorite genre yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys uh there's a lot of uh, a lot of these bands i think you know in their wikipedias they'll mention trip hop but this is this is not caleb's kind of trip hop this is there's nothing hip hop about <laughs> yeah, this. Trip-hop. i think when i think trip hop i think a little more like the classic like massive attack or like down tempo yeah. yeah kind of chill and, and there is a massive attack song uh that appears in the movie but not on the album right that's while um it's dissolving girl while oh, yeah. um Keanu is sleeping at his computer desk. And, oh yeah, and yeah, it's a cool track. Contacts him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This He's is like, how did you, uh, how did you do that? <laughs> so impressed with her matching <laughs> skills. I thought you were a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like most guys do. Yeah. <laughs> There's some sort of like uh, '90s wet dream about a woman just typing on your computer screen because yeah. that was a thing in uh, in Hackers, right? Where it's like yeah. Angelina Jolie. Typing flirting on. with you yeah. <laughs> i mean this whole thing is a is a hacker nerd's dream it's like some very cool woman tells me that i'm actually really cool in another world <laughs> and i can get out of my terrible desk job where i sell what might be pornography on discs too <laughs> on the rewatch there was something i realized that i had not remembered which is that there's a lot of like uh a lot of body horror there's a lot of I mean, some heavy influence of Alien. For sure. So it's a lot of some when the, or for the set design and like production design. Well, there, too. he gets like implanted with a bug, which yeah. is like a, you know, like a it's kind of like a face hugger thing. It goes yeah. in through his belly button. And yeah. it's like, there's like a gross scene where it gets pulled out. There's a lot of spikes going in through your head, spikes going into the arm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like impaling, a lot of like a. Yeah. Uh, and then also when he like awakens in the real world, it's very like H.R. Giger. Like the 
the design the pods. of all that. Yeah. yeah. The pod farm. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's terrifying. <laughs> Although I, I think that the like the actual like squid like robots is pretty original. Like maybe there's some anime influence there, but it's that's definitely been ripped off by a lot of like uh what was the Edge of Tomorrow was a really good movie, but like the, mm-hmm. the aliens in that are, are like very, very similar to yeah. the Matrix mm-hmm. robots. Yeah, the Senators. Some Sen- some of the world too is like very uh, I'll have to look at like when the game came out, but Abe's Odyssey. Oh. For PlayStation One is is like the same kind of universe. Yeah, I think that I think Abe's Odyssey predates the Matrix. It might, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys were in grad school, you got a thesis right there. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Abe's Exodus is <laughs> Neo's journey. Some of the some of the IMDb trivia things are are really funny in this because obviously, like people have been obsessed with this movie for years, but like yeah. some of them, it's like the one. It one is an anagram of Neo. Neo is the one. And you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, it's not, it's it's also like, means new. His apartment yeah. number is one zero one binary. And you're like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you guys are looking a little too hard. It's, no, it's the uh, it's the Jim Carrey twenty three syndrome. <laughs> twenty three hands. Twenty three headphones. The Wachowskis. Like I love the Wachowskis, but it's not fucking Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. 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 All right, Nikki. What do we got next? Track eleven. Monster Magnet, look to your orb for the warning. The lyrics to this song are stinky. <laughs> Everybody's taking themselves so seriously. It's yeah, kind of crazy. I'm surprised with this like uh, era of music, we haven't heard a track from Power Man 5000 on the Matrix soundtrack. Is that no. Rob Zombie's brother? I think that's somebody. Oh, uh, is it? Is it like Zombie? Todd Zombie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this in the movie? Chris? This is not in the movie. Oh, uh, I don't know too much about. What is it doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do we know about Monster Magnet? This, this is, is this is from from New Jersey. Dopes, dopes to Infinity, I guess, is maybe the album it's from. This is what 1999 in New Jersey sounded like. You might recognize this from Viva La Bam. Monster, <laughs> yeah. Monster Magnet had some songs in Viva La Bam. Some uh, MTV placements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess it's a good time to talk about Hugo Weaving. We haven't talked about him too much. Yeah. Hugo Weaving is I like, have... I never realized until I was watching a uh, Behind the scenes clip was that uh he's british yeah oh yeah and he's Big also time. amazing he's british i thought he was australian maybe he's british uh, this is filmed in australia yeah so okay. maybe he's australia um no way to know for sure he hilariously <laughs> he is in every huge franchise and he hilariously has he hates them He's like the biggest misanthropic like uh like hollywood like summer picture actor like he's in the lord of the rings uh, i think he kind of like doesn't like elves Right, Elrond. Uh, he played uh, he played the Red Skull in the first Captain America movie. Yeah, yeah. and there was a lot of like makeup involved, and he, uh, <laughs> he still looked like himself. 
well, so weird. But it was even a good, the like, skull face. He pulls up, but it was one of these things where I think when you're in a Marvel movie, you have to sign a contract where it's like they can bring you back because it's these characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was just like, I'm not coming back. Was he clean cut in most of those uh, roles that he played? Yeah, he always looks pretty much the same. Yeah, because uh, usually it's like the people that aren't allowed to like grow facial hair. They really go for it. And like there's a photo I saw of him today where he's got his massive beard. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looks crazy. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, oh man, like, all I want to do is just like finish this stupid movie maybe, and just like grow my facial hair. Maybe it was the Matrix movies that broke him because he like, so he refused to come back as a Red Skull. And yeah. the Red Skull does appear in one of the Avengers films. And they just took another actor and put, and I, and I don't think he even did the voice. They just had somebody that sounded alike. Mm. And he was just like, yeah, so just fucking do it's it. It's fine. Yeah. And uh, I think it's announced that he's not coming back for the new Matrix film. Oh, just like, I'm not interested. Oh, man. Well, he did. Uh, he must have liked the Wachowskis, Wachowskis. Am I? Is it, I think it's Wachowskis. It's whatever you want. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. He must have liked the Wachowskis because he also did V for Vendetta. Oh yeah, in which yeah. he played V, but vehemently <laughs> vibing and voraciously. Like that, I, think, <laughs> I think that's a dream role for him because I think a lot yeah. of that probably was a body double, oh, and he's just he doing the voice. Oh, of course, and that's like, <laughs> I think that was maybe. Did, did you guys see V for Vendetta? Yeah, man, I like that. You film. did? It's been a while. I mean, I like the comic quite a bit. I think the film's fine. I think it, they didn't direct it, by the way. They're, I think they're producers on that. Oh, were they producers or did they write it? Well, I think they adapted it from the comic book and uh, maybe, I mean, yeah, best adapted screenplay. Yeah. Not best. But. Apparently Hugo had some like crazy uh, like hip or like leg problem that happened when they got into doing the uh, Kung Fu training Yeah, and was like on crutches for like six months. Yeah. And you can see some clips of Keanu too. Keanu had some crazy neck situation happen. So they were both just like going through some like pretty intense training while trying to recover from some like you know some trauma so and they did such a good job too yeah they uh as you said they did four months of training before and i think it was somehow like sprung on them like a little late they they were like oh i thought we were just doing like four weeks and they're like no it's four months of training they're like okay Uh, okay yeah (laughs) as you said like the fight choreographer was just like this maniac who's just brilliant but i think they gave him everything he wanted and he kept making these crazy demands thinking like, oh, I'm just going to demand this and they'll probably like lowball me here and we'll meet in the middle. And they kept giving him everything. And then, you know, they went crazy over budget on a lot of these fight stunts and like filming was just nuts. And the technology even of like the bullet time, like they're like, we don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to keep trying it. <laughs> like, yeah, which bullet they, time which they is, big thing. have trademarked. Yeah. This yeah. Is the, the there first is, time. There's a lot of slow-mo in this movie. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, our capacity for slow-mo is not what it was in the 90s because it's a lot of slow-mo. Oh, yeah. You know, besides the bullet time. It's very, you know, music video. I would have thought that the cost of making the movie was more, but they the budget was $63 million mm-hmm. and it turned over $465 million. Yeah. yeah. So they did all right. Yeah, this is a huge hit. I should, uh, before we get too far off topic, Hugo Weaving, British actor, resident in Australia. Okay. Hey! So we split that one. There's the sauce. <laughs> and they, f- they filmed it in New South Wales, so maybe that had something to do. Yeah, they made a lot of references to like Chicago streets and intersections, but it's... Uh, the Wachowski's home city. Yeah. But it, it looks like everything, because you see uh, in some of the scenes like a uh, building in San Francisco, like they added like it to make it look like this weird dystopian, like every city. And I think Capital City is technically the name of where they were. Oh, that's, that's where. Cool. Yeah. Um, it says that on... Um, 
uh, Keanu Reeves' passport when they're like going through his documents. But nice. Yeah. The scenes with uh, Hugo Weaving and the interrogation scene with Hugo Weaving and Keanu Reeves on rewatch is probably one of my favorite like the character of Agent Smith, which could just be, he's a computer program, but like it comes out that of all the computer programs, he's the one that like hates humanity, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And his talking to Neo and he's like dead naming him. And it's like this antagonistic thing where he keeps saying like Mr. Anderson, even though like, you know, Neo doesn't really associate with that name. And it's just like everything he does is like, he just fucking hates people. Yeah. yeah. It's so just, good. Yeah. Smells. <laughs> They're a virus. We are the virus guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he's so good, man. Yeah, apparently he uh, he studied uh, 1950s newscasters to get that sort of gravitas voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are coming in hot on track number 12. It's a very exciting band. This is Ramstein with Duhast. I feel like Ramstein is one of those bands that you listen to now and you can say like how on earth was this as big as it was? And if it was something that came out now, how dare you? <laughs> uh, Ramstein. I mean, this song is kind of undeniably good for what it is. Man, this like the style of Ramstein. It really took off. It was a, you know, it was well, a huge thing. It's funny. It kind of, to me, it sounds like an American's version of what a German band would be. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's confirming all of my stereotypes of Germany. And also, this is like, I should say that Rammstein is a huge band in Europe, and I think especially in Russia. And they recently, you know, I think that they're still like a big, a big touring band in yeah. Europe. And they recently played in Russia and like, in support of gay rights in Russia, which are obviously like under assault, uh, they were like uh, having, they were like kissing each other on stage and shit. It was like really cool. Nice. Romstein is like low key, like a very woke, cool band. All right. <laughs> Did they kiss each other with or without the fire masks? <laughs> I think it was with everything. I think, you know, wow. they don't do anything halfway. I think the guitarist has like an, he attaches like a flamethrower mask. Yeah, there's, the there's like a lot of like exploding dildos and stuff in their stage <laughs> yeah. show. It's pyrotechnics <laughs> is, is a, uh, such a production element that's missing from bands in Brooklyn. Yeah, man. We gotta go back to the, uh, yeah. Motley Crue days. Yeah. It's like the Van Halen days. With Swords the crazy and fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Rock that's and what roll. music needs right now, man. Seriously. <laughs> I think th- w- this was, this was in the club scene, correct? Uh, let's see. Ramstein. Or does this, this not appear in the movie? This Ramstein track does not appear. That's what I thought. Oh in the movie. Like, I, I was like, I could have sworn, but I guess it's um, Rob Zombie's in the club scene. But. And this is a huge song, and it's it's probably the biggest song on the soundtrack, and it's not in the movie. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Jason Bentley, we need an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> 
Guys, we are coming in on track 13. This is the last track. This is the last track. So soon. We should mention the score a bit in this. I, I thought it's a oh, fantastic for sure. score. The um, score, uh, it was like one of the first things I noticed while rewatching it was how like how cool and like vibey the score music is in the movie. Little factoid I heard. So in this movie, I guess the score kind of crescendos in the key of E. Okay. And then in the and reloaded it's the key of F and then Uh-oh. in um F sharp Revelations Revolutions it's um G. <laughs> so okay. it just kind of right. keeps so getting high. A, Okay. Or maybe F sharp, I'm not sure. But yeah, maybe you put that attention into the script. All right, Nikki, you teased the last track. What do we got? Yes, we have Rage Against the Machine with Wake Up. I think that's a pretty good uh, track for the last scene in the movie, rolling straight into the credits. Yeah, it's not bad. Before we hear the uh, Marilyn Manson track. He woke up, man. I kind of... the one. I like the song, but I I disagree with you in that I think it strikes a very different tone. Like, there's so many songs. I feel like almost all the songs in the movie don't even really have vocals. Yeah. And it's like, it gets like, all of a sudden he flies, you're like, what? And then somebody's like, wake up! It's like, everything's... Like, what? (laughs) There's, yeah, they have an issue with tone, uh, those Wachowskis. In the, um, <laughs> one of maybe the worst moments in cinema history is like, I guess, you know, Neo's fighting a bunch of Agent Smiths in the last one and, and Revolutions. And uh, he knocks over like 10 of them and they added like a bowling ball, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere in like a very cool fight scene where he's fighting like 100 people. I think. <laughs> It's a testament to the ideas of the Matrix and the action and the script that it's still so watchable given how dated the aesthetic is of this kind of like new metal. Like all the sunglasses like kind of tilt up like cat eyes for some reason in a way that I don't think sunglasses ever really got to that point. Where there's like nothing on your ears either. It's just like resting on the nose. I think it was, yeah, it was like Oakley's kind of got a little bit and then they were predicting that like like a few years they were going to be full like alien eyes yeah 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 yeah. that was that was the 90s i mean the importance of sunglasses in the 90s was (laughs) way beyond anything we could joey pantleone when he goes into the matrix he's still bald yeah (laughs) answer that huh so i watched uh the king of staten island two nights ago and Bill Burr, bald with the mustache, is is Cyber from <laughs> the Matrix. It's the same character. And oh. even Cyber, yeah, you can't get stuck. Yeah, yeah you, I see blonde, brunette. You know, I don't even see the code. Yeah. yeah it's all crack shit. <laughs> yeah, people always like the Matrix. I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. So Cypher has this, uh, he has like a Long Island accent. He has this kind of blue class accent, which you assume is, is a remnant from his fake life in, in the Matrix. But uh, you have to, you know, it's been hundreds of years. So you would imagine that the community of Zion would have their own kind of like way of talking. 
and it would be you know probably very different from the late 90s even though a lot of the culture has been i like the idea of like they would have some sort of weird like uh you know the Wachowskis they adapted Cloud Atlas like a little bit of like a weird Cloud Atlas like patois sure and then every once in a while they'd unplug some fucking plumber from Staten Island <laughs> he would come in there a blue collar hacker hey how's yeah. it going oh, what is this a dance rave oh god oh man <laughs> hey hacked yeah. into my nephew's plumbing database and uh, uh here I am from, guys <laughs> Jack and Soda <laughs> well that is The Matrix hey, hey. hey what a soundtrack Jeez, huh? yeah we are going to have to review and right. recommend. Why don't we start off with uh, oh, I think, ratings? I think Chris has to review this thing. How do you feel? Fifteen. What are we? What are we reviewing? Um, Fifteen Oakley sunglasses. Fifteen agents. Smiths. Fifteen, 15 agents. Smiths. White rabbits. Red 15 pills. White, yeah. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen Nyquils. Fifteen red pills. <laughs> decimal points 15 allowed. And um, you know, I I can't stress enough how much I love this soundtrack. Growing up, it, again, one of those cases of impossible to remove it from my nostalgia. I got to give it a high rating, though. I think it, it serves the. the the music that was on that appeared in the film, I think, uh, is perfect for it. Fits that uh, the exactly the aesthetic that they're looking for. But I think there are some misses on this, and I think it is degraded over time. I'm going to say eleven point nine. Eleven point nine. Eleven point nine. Yeah. Very good. All right, Nikki. Red pills. How do you feel? Fifteen. Fifteen red pills. Um. Yeah, it was one of the first soundtracks I owned, one of the first DVDs I owned. Having rewatched the movie, I think the movie's great. Still holds up. I think the soundtrack is great. I would have maybe liked to hear Massive Attack or maybe some other bands of, uh, you know, from the time, but Jason Bentley, what's the real story? Songs collected by Jason Bentley. <laughs> yeah, man, I think it holds up. Good movie, good soundtrack. Uh, I'm going to give it a 12.5. All right. Nice. Red Pills. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, there's this thing that I that I've read that it's it's definitely not true. Kind of in the way where people say that you only use ten percent of your brain. That's complete bullshit. But yeah. there's uh, a very similar thing that they say that's almost almost as much complete bullshit. But uh, it's that you know your body replaces its cells over time. The thing that that they say is that you know after like however many years, your body is completely different cells than Every it was six like, years. But that's that's not actually true, especially like I think a lot of the cells in your brain. But anyways, Doctor Brown, it's one of those things that's like anecdotally true, <laughs> and it's like when I yeah. listen to this soundtrack, I, it feels true because when I was young, I loved this so much, and we've revisited a lot of uh, soundtracks that I loved as a kid that I still love kind of irrationally, and uh, this is not one of them. <laughs> this is like my brain, the brain that that like the soundtrack has been replaced by an old Caleb brain. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's not, I don't hate it. Like, it's it's so very appropriate for the movie. And especially the music that appeared in the movie, I think it works really well. But this is just not my aesthetic. Even the, you know, quote-unquote good songs, like the Deftones is a good band. I know that's a good song. But it's just not my, it's just not my type of music. I got to give this like a 6.4. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Okay. When are you going to wake say, up, though, I, I Wake really, up. Wake I did up. enjoy rewatching the film, though. I think the film holds the film up better holds than the soundtrack. Up, I would say. Yeah. And it's okay. like part of it is that fair. it's a soundtrack that is a type of, of music that is dated. It's also a type of music that takes itself very, very seriously. And I think that makes it age a lot worse than a lot of other music from 99. Dark Side of the Spoon Ministry. 
Wake on, up, dude. dude. Wake up. <laughs> Rob D. Rob D, man. Well, we are going to have to move on to recommendations. All right. So I'll go first recommending one of my favorite otherworldly songs. Otherworldly songs. Define it how you will. Yeah, mine, uh, I don't think it's that much of a stretch. This is a song that I like quite a bit from 1977. Uh, do you guys know Idris Muhammad? Yeah. Um, he was kind of, he was famous, mostly famous as a drummer for like Pharaoh Sanders, American jazz artist. And he produced and he put out some solo records. And uh, in the late 70s, they were very disco-y and uh, very good. And one of my favorite songs of his is called Could Heaven Ever Be yeah, Like This? I was gonna. I was going to say it, yeah. So this is, uh, I think, kind of otherworldly in content and also in sound. It's like got a lot of like uh, disco harp, which is something I appreciate. And oh, I think yeah, it's there's kind also of that a harp scene in the uh, in the Matrix that I thought was kind of ridiculous, where they just needed something to cut to, so someone just plays a harp, <laughs> <laughs> and then they just refocus the shot while they're having dinner, while Cipher and oh, yeah, Mr. Smith. Right. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's pretty hand-fisted. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean that. No, no, no. Uh, the last thing I'll say is this song. I think is kind of famously sampled by Jamie XX in uh, one of his recent records. Yeah, that's right. I recognize that. So it might, might be familiar to some of the listeners who haven't heard this track before. Very nice. All right, Nikki, do you have something for us? For my otherworldly pick, I've got Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. Oh, nice. Flaming Lips from 2002. Flaming Lips. They've uh, got a new album that just came out uh, that's gotten really good reviews so far. Still need to listen to it. It's uh, called American Head. Dude, I always, when I think about the Flaming Lips, when I was in high school, maybe sophomore year, they had like a small kind of independent radio hit called Vaseline or something similar to that. And like there were so many bands that just had like a weird like indie rock hit. And if you, like, who do you put money on to be the band who would still be relevant, like, decades later? <laughs> no one was betting on them. I mean, Nobody would bet on the Flaming Lips. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. an early release of theirs. Ah, maybe it's bootleg. Maybe it's a semi-official. It's called the Mushroom Tapes. 
exactly what it sounds like. It's just insane. Yeah, it's just nonsense. But uh, I, they started working with Dave Friedman at some point, who like produced and mixed uh, Yoshimi. Yeah, and just you know that kind of cemented them, or you know helped yeah. hone in on whatever it is they were doing, and yeah. had a lot of success since then. And Wayne Coyne just floats around in a ball. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, that's yeah. So they're they're kind of famous Germaphobe. as like a like an indie uh, festival band, like yeah. one of the big. I've seen them live a couple of times. They're fantastic. And uh, Wayne Coyne does this thing where he gets in a like one of those hamster ball things and walks out on the crowd, and he like rolls around. Yeah, uh, they've done. I think they did us like a medium sized show during the pandemic. Okay. where they put the entire audience into those balls, absorbing balls. Oh man. Chaos ensued. So that everybody was, you know, safe. When I did, you know, speaking of things from the movie that uh, do take themselves too seriously, he, Wayne Coyne might be a little guilty of that. Because so, I don't know. A, a couple of the shows that I saw them play live, you know, at various points throughout the concert, uh, he would be singing and he would just uh, break into tears. Oh, God. <laughs> just start full on crying in the middle of singing. <laughs> I was like, this guy. Is oh, wow. I just not moved by that. his yeah. own music. Yeah, very moved by his own <laughs> tune. God. Yeah, it's like this is a song about a little Japanese <sighs> girl who fights robots. I'm sorry. No, give me a... Uh, 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 means a lot. Right, Chris, do you have a recommendation for us? Otherworldly track. I do. This is a song called Please Be My Third Eye by the... American indie rock band La Sera. Let's uh, take a listen to that real quick. I, I like this band a lot, La Sera. La Sera. Um, it's it's the bassist from the Vivian Girls. Oh, okay. And uh, Katie Goodman is the one who formed it. And um, yeah, I was I found this when I was kind of checking out like Carrie Brownstein's like Sleater Kenny and Wild Flag and all those kind of um, girl indie bands, yeah. rock bands with a little edge to them. And uh, I've always dug this song. Trying to squeeze it on the playlist. Somehow. Yeah, that's new to me. Yeah, that's good. It's, I like it. Yeah, 2010-ish, sometime around there. 2013, nice. maybe. Excellent pick. Yeah. All right, guys. It's Too bad we all live in a simulation. Yeah. <laughs> Elon, rescue us. You are the one. Elon, Elon. Musk is the best space guy. <laughs> oh, Shout out to Hot Dad. I have a theory about how uh, how rich people, rich famous people believe that life is a simulation. <laughs> yeah, because no. it's like, oh, yeah, I thought about doing something and everything worked out. It's got to be fake. You're like, yeah, you know... Uh, when things don't work out, you start to realize you're in the real world. Yeah, I'm stuck in some twilight zone where everything goes my way. <laughs> yeah. These dumbos. Yeah. Well, thank you to all the listeners for checking out the Matrix soundtrack with us. Yeah. Uh, what was everyone's rating? Uh, I had an 11.9. 12.5? I blocked it out. I yes. think it was maybe Six a, or something. Maybe 6.2 or something. Jeez. Come on. Shame. Shame. Well, shame. <laughs> reach out to us, listeners. We love hearing from you, and uh, thank you for the continued support. 
and wake up. <laughs> this is our <laughs> shameless uh, Instagram plug at Track Listing Podcast. Give us a follow, and we'll see you next week for the Matrix Reload. Just kidding. We're not, <laughs> we can't do any more Matrix. We'll start with Revisited, the documentary. Yeah, there we go. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.